ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellery. Canadian Western Agribition is here. It's the largest livestock show in Canada, and the anchor event, of course, is beef cattle, but there's so much more. Horses, bison, sheep, goats, a trade show, First Nations, food, the pro rodeo, and even jousting. Last year, Canadian Western Agribition was recognized for marketing promotions, a uh, marketing and promotions award at the Paragon Awards, also won the Marquee Event of the Year at the Saskatchewan Tourism Awards of Excellence, Attendance and the economic output of this event are mind-boggling. Last year, uh, 130,000 visitors came from over 70 different countries, the highest attendance in six years. Sarah Novak is the marketing manager, and she was very kind to talk with me about marketing aggravation during what is arguably her busiest weeks of the year. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Sarah, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's start by um, maybe telling us what your role is with the Agribition and how long you've been with Agribition. Okay, this is my third year with Agribition as the marketing manager. Um, so as a small company, I basically do all of the marketing and communications. So from website, social media, graphic design, ad strategy, I do it all. And you have a staff of how many? Um, there's eight of us full time. Um, managers at work, but marketing department, I'm by myself. Wow. And mm-hmm. you've got a lot on your plate, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good experience for me being um, just a few years out of university, getting to experience the whole realm of marketing, different aspects of marketing. So it's a really good experience for me. Absolutely. So do you, with um, with all the social and everything else, you're you're running all those um, channels yourself? Yeah, correct. Yeah, we have um, a Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, just recently got Snapchat. So that seems to be a new trend. So hopefully that will pick up at this year's show. So looking at um, doing a show like this, what are the challenges? As um, I'm sure you have multiple audiences, you have to deal with, I guess, getting um, exhibitors and competitors. And then you also have to get um, mm-hmm. people to come see the show. Yeah, I would say the two main challenges are, are one, that we have such a vast amount of, like our audience could be anybody. Like you mentioned, there's so many different people to target, so it's hard to focus or make a focused advertising strategy to try and reach all of those people. Um, and the second um, biggest challenge would be um, because the show is only a week of the year, but we work all year round. So it's just finding the balance of how much to reach out to the public in the off season. Right. And what sort of things do you do? Do you, do you stay uh, sort of in the, uh, around people's minds in the off season or how do you do that? Yeah. Like we, we know that people aren't going to think about us too much or think about buying tickets for the show in June, but, um, we do like to not be totally absent. So the last few years we've um, picked up our promotional strategy. Uh, so we've attended a few different city events. I love Regina Day Folk Festival. Uh, most recently, Canada Day. We've had um, been set up there with live animals to, to show people, give them a little taste of agribition. And then we do a bit of social media here and there around uh, throughout the year. So when you're doing um, all of these different channels, and uh, do you segment them at all? Do you say, oh, Twitter is for this group or Facebook's for that group? 
Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, we find that Facebook is a lot of our, um, our, our rural people. So a lot of those farmers um, and ranchers are on Facebook. So we like to focus our stories on for that audience. Um, and Twitter is a lot of more news stories, um, our sponsors in the city, the corporate people. And um, when you talk about stories, are you telling stories about some, what kind of stories are you talking about? Yeah, so uh, we found that the most engagement we've got on social um, was through human interest stories. So we try to talk about past volunteers. Um, we find that a lot of the agribition crowd is, are really passionate about agriculture and livestock. So yeah. um, we'll post <laughs> old pictures of exhibitors at the show and they'll be like, hey, that was my grandpa or oh, um, lots of people that are known. So um those kind of stories volunteer stories um maybe people that have multi-generations um of exhibitors at the show those are always cool stories to tell and uh those are told through facebook mostly mostly facebook yeah a little bit of twitter and instagram more recently but mostly facebook because we seem seems like that's kind of the place for people to comment and share and things like that. And are you using those stories told um, in long form, like written or through, like you talked about photos, are you doing video? Or? Um, mostly photos, which is a couple sentences that go with it. And people, we honestly don't really have to tell the stories. We usually choose, we have a lot of historical photos. So the photos themselves tell the story and people just know what happened in that picture. They mm -hmm. know what it's about. So then they comment and um, kind of tell the story for us. So when we look ahead uh, to the big week that's coming up, what will be what will be your focus, or what will um, what will you be spending most of your time doing? Mm -hmm. It's funny because my role changes a lot from what I do all year long to what I do the week of the show. So my main focus is um, media, so um, hosting different radio stations, uh, reporters, um, TV, uh, magazine writers, um, because our focus is to get our show covered. Uh, so we have we do have a newsroom. Um, it's a really great newsroom. We contract out two ladies that help run it as well. Um, but my focus is social media and news coverage. So do you reach out before the show to media to bring writers in? Yeah, we do. Um, we have a pretty good media database. So um, we send out advisories every morning of the show to let people give them an update of what's happening that day so that when they get here, they kind of have an idea of what they want to write about. Um, and then we have um, multiple people lined up um, different, say if there's a certain event one day, we have those people available afterwards to come to the media room for interviews. Um, and then our newsroom staff help schedule interviews with media when they come looking for a specific story. Oh, neat. And so do you, um, do you, are you looking at the marquee events where you'll bring in people that the media might be interested in? Or are you all, uh, is that sort of what you're thinking through? Or? Um, pretty much all events, like different reporters are interested in different things. So some people, um, like somebody from CTV may have no idea what horse pulls are, but the person, the writer from Western Producer will be interested in that kind of a show or um, the highest selling bull or something like that will interest more of an egg writer versus a urban writer. So we have somebody available from basically all events, not just our key marquee events. Mm -hmm. And are you uh, also then thinking of stories that you could channel to them? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of what we focus on each morning. We have our, a media briefing at 9 a.m. So we kind of try and feed those stories, the most interesting ones that we think to the media. And now in the weeks um, leading up to the show, what are you focusing on? 
Um, we're focusing a lot on our ticketed events. Um, um, a third of our revenue is from our ticket sales, so um, our rodeo and jousting and admission tickets. Um, so we push a lot of our rodeo and jousting leading up to the show, and all the other events are free with admission. So those kind of just work mm-hmm. themselves up. <laughs> and how are you promoting those? Is it um, paid media, or are you looking to also get some earned media there? And uh, both a combination. So uh, we do have TV commercials, um, radio, radio spots leading up. And then we also have our media partners in the city contesting out tickets. Um, we find if somebody wins a ticket, then the chances are that they bring somebody along with them. Well, so it's always helps. good. The media then is chatting it up and yeah, raising awareness of the for events. For sure. We right? find that that's kind of where when we do have a survey at the show, so we find that that's where people hear about the show from word of mouth and but somebody who told them heard it from the radio and Mm -hmm. so on so and then we also will promote those events through social media so after the show you do you're talking about doing some post-event analysis is that just um exit surveys or how are you how are you finding out what works or what doesn't work yeah um that's one of the most difficult things um every second year we have a survey we hire a company to come here and do a, a random sample survey so you basically, we don't, I don't even notice them doing the survey, but we, ha- we hire these people to do it. And so that's kind of how we find out what works. And then we um, analyze information after that. And we also have a separate survey for our rodeo event um, because that tends to be a different crowd than what the general agribition crowd is. So we have um, data for both. And jousting, probably another different crowd. Yeah, and this is the first year that we've had it as an evening event, so we'll see how it goes. The last couple of years, it's been Saturday afternoon, so um, it's included with admission, not have to pay for it. So now we'll see if people are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds exciting. I didn't, I haven't seen it before, but uh, yeah. well, I've seen like. Uh, I guess Game of Thrones jousting. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty close to that. Like this is this isn't like a dinner theater planned out. Like this is what these guys do, and you never know what's gonna happen. That so. sounds insane. Yeah, and outreach in the community. Are you does Agribition reach out to school groups or different groups to um, I guess come come to the show and yeah we we have a good relationship with the school board and so um, we make sure that we offer programs here that match their curriculum so that schools can bring their classes. Um, So we have thousands of kids that come uh, throughout the week of the show. So yeah, we do that as well. Now of of all the things that you can do to reach your audiences, all those different mediums that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. what do you think works best or what works really well for you? Yeah, that's that's a really hard one. Um, our surveys tell us that about 70% of our people hear about agribrishing through word of mouth. Um, yeah. So as a marketer, it's frustrating because you spend all this money on advertising, but I think it still is a combination of, of the two because somebody had to have heard it somewhere <laughs> yeah. to tell somebody else. So um, it's hard, and even though we have a lot of engagement in the last couple of years, increasing a lot on social media, it's hard for me to see what the actual return on investment is. Like, yeah, they're talking about it, but are those are all those people coming? We don't really know. Um, so I honestly think we just ha- what works best is doing a combination of everything. We can't not do radio advertising. We can't not do social media. And I think the last couple of years, um, getting out into the community and attending those city events that I mentioned mm-hmm. is really helping kind of tie that all together as well, that we're being seen more. 
What do you, um, it's true, I think the, the mix really, really helps. And what do you feel personally, do you, do you really enjoy doing or do you get them, I guess, uh, you feel you get good feedback from? I think those city events, oh, okay. getting out into the community, um, I don't get a lot of feedback from, oh, I saw your ad or right. something like that because people don't think to say those <laughs> kinds of things. But when they get to see an actual horse or cow in the middle of the city, they're like, that's cool because lots of these people don't ever get to see that. Lots of people don't. Like in Saskatchewan, it's, it's quite common to have a family member that has come from a farm, but still a lot of people don't have the opportunity to see animals. So it's really cool to get people's feedback from there. Is that the, I, I didn't know you actually brought cows and horses. <laughs> yeah. <out>, so <laughs> tell me about these events. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the last couple of years we've had our high school rodeo queen. So she, um, it's not just a regular horse that you would see out in the pasture. Like she has it all bedazzled and braided and stuff. So it's pretty cool that way too. Um, at I Love Regina Day, she was there. Um, and then most recently on November 1st, we had our downtown um, kickoff barbecue. So this is just the second year that we've done that. Um, we've had a couple of Clydesdales horses, so the big ones. So that's pretty cool. Those for are city impressive people. to see up front or up close. I mean, yeah. yeah. And then we had a bull there as well. So it was cool to have it right in the heart of downtown Regina. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully not just to walk up and pet or... Yeah, we we have our the owners there, so <laughs> make sure. And we usually bring calm animals into the city for sure. So we know the right people to ask. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, you talk about a lot about Regina. Where is where is the audience from coming from to um, Agribition? Um, a lot of there's actually a lot of people that are within like a hundred kilometers of the city. Like a lot from Saskatchewan. Um, a, we have a, over eight hundred. Um, international visitors from 70 different countries so there is a portion of our visitors who come from outside of Canada um, but mostly within the prairie provinces and then we also have a a good number of exhibitors from the states as well. So those those visitors and uh, exhibitors that are coming from out of country do you do you reach out to them or work to uh, promote agribition outside the borders a lot or a little? Um, we do a little bit. We probably could do more. Um, we have an actual international programs coordinator, so we have somebody designated to that. And um, we mostly work through trade commissioners in the other countries to reach them. It's hard for us to know where to buy advertising in other countries, well, so yeah. we try to work through our government and the connections we have that way. So And then... Once those people have been coming, we have a, a database built up of international contacts. So, yeah. So a real hard question for you. Three years at Agribition. What, uh, what marketing lessons have you learned? <laughs> um, I've learned that marketing for a show, an event, is different than just marketing a, a product or a service that's available every day of the year. So um, even though I've been able to use um, the basic marketing principles that I learned um, in my degree and at an other jobs, um, you do have to adapt to each each company is different. You can't just use a basic standard. There's best practices to follow, but you do have to adapt and get to know what you're actually marketing. So, how yeah. how would you say it's different from a product? Um, like I've had a lot of people different marketing. Um, 
strategists, I guess, reach out to me saying you should market this, use this to market your product. And I'm like, but I can't, like, it's not the same to market every day of the year. Like Mm -hmm. to, to have consistent billboards up in the city all year long doesn't make sense for us for the money. It it doesn't make sense because people, it will just be more noise in the background, basically, if they hear about us all year round. So I feel like it's a different strategy to just push a lot for one month. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's most of our advertising dollars are spent in November. Mm-hmm. So it's different. It's, it's kind of similar, I guess, if you were doing a campaign for a product. But we rely a lot on people coming to the show in that one month. So. Yeah. And how have you, uh, is it all um, hard, the school of hard knocks, how you're learning this? Um, kind of like it was, I was set up pretty good, but this, um, this marketing role, um, in the company has been, it's kind of most been more recent. Mm-hmm. Um, some, but we used to, um, send out a lot of our work that we've done and not focus a lot of it. And when we weren't making a lot of money, you know, advertising dollars are, mm-hmm. are cut first generally. So, um, yeah. Well, amazing work, Sarah. Um, for um, for one person, um, the website's fantastic. The I love the Twitter and uh, the Facebook. I haven't checked out Instagram or Snapchat, but I'll, okay. I'll be sure to do that. <laughs> awesome. And thank you very much for your time. Where can people connect with Agribition? Uh, we're on Facebook under Canadian Western Agribition, um, Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat at Agribition, and all of our information is on our website at agribition.com. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Lessons Learned in Marketing is a weekly podcast with marketers and business leaders sharing lessons learned in marketing. You can subscribe on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. The music is written and composed by Six Degrees in Calgary. Talk to you next week.